Want to create a website in just an hour or less? How about a fully responsive and designed website for you in just about five minutes? Well, I'm here to tell you that that's not impossible, but it's totally possible with the team over at Gambix. Gambix uses state-of-the-art artificial intelligence and machine learning to build websites in just minutes. Yes, just minutes. And that's not all. They can also help you outrank your foes and, of course, obliterate the competition through their advanced SEO and e-commerce platform. Make sure to take advantage of that because they not only have advanced analytics that's going to help you see where you need to improve and also see what your competitors are doing, but it also helps that their prices are very, very good as well. So check out Gambix at gambixit.com. And if you need a website, an app, digital marketing, or even business consulting, they're there for you. What's up, Panther Nation? It's your host of the Proud Report, the one and only Panther Guru, joined by the amazing Carolina Dave. What's going on, everybody? Last week of preseason. Let's get at it. Oh, man, and it's going to be the Steel Curtain. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers against the Carolina Panthers. I know everybody's really excited for the game, and everybody's really more excited to see our starters play and hopefully get a glimpse at this new kicker that we just picked up. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely uh, get into that, as always. I know um, everybody's getting tired of Joey Sly, and uh, the just more than just Joey Sly, the um, that we have in the kicking department. But uh, some guys that we kind of need to talk about, and another topic that's just as important, as Joey Sly, let's talk about uh, P.J. Walker and Will Greer and kind of where we sit with those guys. Absolutely. Honestly, um, my opinion on the whole P.J. Walker and Will Greer situation kind of goes like this. Um, P.J. Walker would clearly be the favorite in this entire matchup if there was just a little bit more consistency in terms of his accuracy. For me, it just seems like P.J. just goes to sleep sometimes because um, there's games where he's just absolutely – I mean, there's moments in the games where he's just lighting it up, and then you just start seeing him miss four or five throws in a row, and you're just like, what is going on? And it's almost like he goes to sleep. Um, I was encouraged with Will Greer's performance in the last outing. He got to throw the ball more than he did, of course, in the first outing. However, I think right now it's a neck-and-neck race. I do kind of give the edge to Will Greer only because of the whole upside and trying to see what they have in him. P.J. Walker has just been too streaky. I think if he has a more consistent game against the Steelers, then the, the, the pretty much a done deal, um, and he will probably be the backup. But I think it's really up in the air with Will Greer having a slight, very, very slight edge on the battle. Yeah, my my thing is, uh, you know, Will Greer did decent uh, in the, in the second game with the sec- when he ran with the twos. A lot of people uh, said Will Greer was trash, but uh, really, it just depends on what unit uh, you're you're running with. This proved that the third string at this time, fourth string players, 
there's a significant drop off, right? Um, and with PJ Walker going one for eight with eight yards when he when he was given third string reps, um, it just it's just hard. Uh, I don't think there's much separation between the two. Um, let's be honest. If if our starting quarterback goes down and these guys are expecting to play for extended games, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be rough either way. Yeah, honestly, I really don't have too much faith in the backup position right now, so I'm putting all my eggs. Sam Donald's basket, honestly. Yeah, for him to stay healthy, uh, that's definitely a. Um, it's definitely going to be a, you know, a group that the Panthers need to continue to uh, evaluate the backup, the number two quarterback position, even past this season, is something that they need to keep their eyes on. Uh, let's move on to. You know, the Panthers, they are playing Friday as we're joined by Aaron from the Panthers. Dan, how you doing, Aaron? So, man, how are you? Doing good, doing good. Uh, so, the Panthers are looking to play their number ones, first stringers against the Steelers this Friday. Uh, it was announced that Dwayne Haskins will be leading the way for the Steelers, and it doesn't look like that – many of the ones for the Steelers are going to be playing at all. So what does that tell you guys? Um, has Matt Rule played it a little too safe this preseason, or is it just a mixture of the new three-game schedule? It's hard to judge. Or what? What's some takeaways you, you're looking for this, this game? Go ahead, Aaron. Um, man, my takeaways with it <clears throat> when it comes to, um, like, has he been too cautious is kind of with McCaffrey. Um, you know, like I know that he don't want McCaffrey getting out there and taking a lot of hits and stuff, but, you know, just uh, practicing and doing stuff like that and having, you know, uh, scrimmages during practice is a lot different than games. I mean, I know it's still preseason, but it's still, it's still faster paced than at practice. Um, so I do think that with – he needs to have McCaffrey play. I know he said that he's wanting to start the ones, but does that mean that, you know, I heard he said something about not wanting McCaffrey to play. You know, if he does play, he may play a series. Well, you know, I think that you let McCaffrey play a little bit longer because you don't want him to not play at all, get out there week one, and then God forbid something happened because, you know, his body's not used to them hits yet, that, that full game pace. You know, like normal. I mean, but that's just me, though. I think that I think McCaffrey should get a little bit of playing time. But I'm excited for Friday to see the ones play. I mean, you know, I was there last weekend um, and seen the ones play a little bit, and they look good. Our defense looked just amazing. The little bit we did see him play, so I'm excited about that. Yeah, I would have to echo some of the same sentiments. Um, I don't think Christian McCaffrey should play. I mean, of course, he's got to shake off the rough rust at some point, but I think that the practice that he's been having against the Colts and the Ravens, um, that's really going to give him a lot of the looks. And, I mean, honestly, just looking at some of the practice film that I've been able to see, uh, he's just absolutely running circles around people still. The guy is, like, literally unguardable. Um, I don't know. I'm just playing it safe with him because I really want us to spell Christian McCaffrey a little bit more this season than we've seen in seasons past. 
Um, there'd be times where I'm thinking, okay, the Panthers should just put another backup in and just let them run the ball. And it just continues to be the Christian McCaffrey show, Christian McCaffrey show, even when the guy's touching the ball over 40 times and that's receiving and running. And it's just like, oh my gosh, what are the coaches thinking? So mm-hmm. I would love to see a little bit more of Chuba Hubbard. And I've really got to enjoy a lot of Chuba Hubbard during the preseason. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see Sam Darnold sling it. Uh, we just locked up Robbie Anderson to a new deal. Um, and I'm jumping the gun, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, Terrace Marshall's been lighting it up. She Smith has looked amazing. So I think our offense is going to continue to fly. I'm happy to see the defense too. Frankie LeVu has been one of my um, superstars in the preseason. He's getting my superstar of the preseason award. I think that he's doing well enough to actually push out Denzel Perryman. So mm-hmm. we'll see. Yeah, we'll talk. We'll talk about the uh, middle linebacker position uh, later in the podcast as well. Uh, my biggest takeaway from this last game of the preseason is that it's going to be inconclusive, no matter how you shake it up. Uh, Sam Darnold could go out there and you know really just light it up, but you also got to take in account that he's not playing against the best product on the field that the Pittsburgh Steelers could be putting out there. Um, I think that he should have played a little bit more against uh, the Ravens, literally only seeing one pass and maybe even one good decision when he threw it out of bounds out of the back of the end zone. That's obviously not enough, and neither is this game going to provide enough to really make a prediction. We, we don't know where the Panthers stand going into uh, the, the first, first game of the season. Their first four games are very winnable. But with this team, with all the questions that we have and just we not enough evidence, they could also or lose all four of those games. So my conclusion is there is no conclusion from this Carolina Panthers preseason. The only thing good that's happened is they haven't had any more injuries, knock on wood. So speaking of uh, the preseason and one conclusion, I guess, that you can draw is that uh, – Joey Sly is very not, is very unreliable, and the the kicking battle is uh, in full full force right now in Charlotte. Um, Joey Sly is actually as of right now two for five uh, in practice today, and the kicker that uh, I'm forgetting his name, uh, Mr. Green. Uh, his name is Dominic E. E. Burley, maybe I don't know how to say his last name. Okay. Hey, I would have messed it up either way, but a kicker from Germany, he is four for five in practice today. Obviously, the Raiders had cut him. Uh, Scott Fitterer and the Panthers staff is definitely keeping their eyes peeled for uh, for the kicking positions. But uh, it just looks like we're watching Joey Sly kick, him, kick his way out of Charlotte. No, definitely. And, and I always said the biggest knock on him was not the power. He's probably one of the most powerful guys. Um, in the league when it comes, comes to leg strength. And I was hoping that he could be a Janikowski type of guy. Um, far cry from that. I think that he's on his way out. Yeah. Um, you know, like, just just like watching him these last two weeks, and even last year, I mean, there were a couple games last year that, you know, we needed him and he just couldn't, you know, he couldn't finish. He couldn't finish the job. I mean, you know, last last Saturday, you know, he missed the he missed the sixty three yard, which 
that's a little more reasonable being as far away as it is. I understand that one. But a 37-yard field goal, man, that's there's no reason you should be missing those unless they're getting blocked or, or you're it's a bad snap or something like that. But if you're you got a good snap, good blocking going on, you know, there's just I, I don't know what's going on with Joey, but they brought this this dominant kid in, so I think it put a fire under Joey, and hopefully Joey can succeed because I do like Joey Sly. But at the end of the day, if you know, if we're down two points and we need a win, I want to put the best guy in that can do it. Yes, very much so, and that'll be something that we uh, will monitor. Um, I don't think that they are done. I, I hope, I'm hoping something can happen similar to the Harrison Butker situation. The Panthers uh, tried to keep Harrison Butker on the practice squad, and obviously the Chiefs um, scooped him up. I'm hoping the Panthers can find somebody on the practice squad or somebody that gets cut late uh, through the preseason that can be a starting kicker for years to come. Uh, I know, obviously, Harrison Butker is a sensitive subject for Panthers fans, but hopefully we can get get this right. So along with the kicker battle, some other preseason news is uh, Robbie Anderson uh, has been extended. He'll be with the Panthers for a minimum of the next three years, it's looking like, this season, and then he's extended two more years. Um, I like I like what was said about the salary cap. Um, the Samir, um, our, our salary cap guru, Samir Sullivan, was, uh, stated that he's kind of projected the – the actual cap number for the next several years, and uh, that's why he did what he. That's why the money was given to Robbie Anderson that he got. I uh, also like that they added four million to this year's contract this season. So the total amount for uh, the following years is that it ends up being around twelve point five per year. Um, I think it's I think it's a decent deal. Uh, the only thing that scares me is. Uh, you know, we're going to have to lock up DJ Moore long-term uh, forecasting this. Obviously, we're going to have to lock up DJ Moore uh, long-term. you got Christian McCaffrey that's uh, locked up $16 million a year. You've got, you've got to be able to pay other players. What are you going to do about Dante Jackson? Is he, is he on the books for a future building? Um, just a lot of questions to be answered, and maybe – Maybe they are factoring in that. I, I do like, like I said, my favorite part about that was that they're saying they have projected the salary cap out for the next several years, the, the actual number hit that the salary cap's going to move up to, and they don't think it's a problem re-signing Robbie Anderson. I do not think that our, G, our previous GM uh, had the education to try to project salary cap and uh, factor in that to the contracts. Yeah, I'm hearing – I mean, man, with Robbie, like, I'm excited about Robbie because, I, I mean, I was glad when we signed Robbie from the from the start. But I'm hearing so many pros and cons about it. I mean, everybody's like, well, now that we've signed Robbie, DJ's going to be even more expensive. Well, DJ was going to be expensive anyway because DJ's not going to get a two-year extension. He's going to get a four- to five-year extension. He's going to get a big contract because that's our number one receiver right now. So he, he's going to get a, you know, you can maybe say a three to four year, but I'm thinking a four to five year. And he's going to make a good amount of money. But, you know, a lot of people are saying, like, why didn't we use Robbie as a trade candidate 
and trade him off because you could have maybe got a second for him, which I understand that. But at the same time, if Terrace Marshall, his injuries from LSU is what concerns not just me, but a lot of other people. Because I think that, you know, I think Terrace could make a good wide receiver too, but will he stay healthy is the issue. Absolutely. I think it's kind of like uh, an insurance policy to Terrace Marshall. Terrace Marshall has so much upside. If he's healthy, he's definitely got number one receiver type of potential. Um, and that's really speaking broadly um, with the small sample size that we do have. But just noting that he should have been a first-round pick and the flashes of what we have seen, definitely a solid number two, but hopefully can ascend to a number one type of talent. Um, I think that what we're um, – not realizing as Panthers fans is because we've just never been used to having cap room as uh, as much as Scott Fitterer and Samir has allowed us to have in these past um, just brief uh, touches of the season that we've been able to see. Um, even right now, we actually have cap room that will allow us to be able to make decent moves if we even needed to and in, in, uh, going into the season. And the interesting thing is that, you know, the Panthers are going to be a top 10 team in terms of cap room um, for the next season. And that, that is subject to change, of course, as, as deals happen and um, things have to get done. So that number has always changed. But as of right now, at this present moment, um, they're a top 10 team in terms of cap room, which we've never been used to as Panthers fans because Marty Herney has just done horrible when it comes to contract structure. So, um, kudos to Scott Fitter, Samir, and, and the Panthers front office. And I think this is a good deal that actually gives the Panthers flexibility. Two years, um, they're able to walk away from the Robbie Anderson situation, still having a lot of cap room next season, and then having a, probably a decent, I'd say they're probably going to fall around um, 20 in that range because I, I project them to be a playoff team and be successful. So I think that having to resign guys like Dante Jackson, DJ Moore, um, so on and so forth is going to kind of restrict um, some of that cap room, but then they're going to have it again after two seasons dealing uh, with Robbie Anderson, getting the probably the best performances that he'll get over with them over the next two seasons, and then still not having to pay $15 million a season to him and kind of shuffling where that money would be going to DJ Moore. I think it's an excellent deal um, in terms of how the Panthers structured it. Yeah, I definitely like front room or front office makeup that the Panthers are going for now. Instead of putting it all on one person, I think that's definitely going to help things going forward. Uh, let's actually talk about a guy that was drafted by the last regime that has caught the eye of the current coach, Matt Rule. Uh, yesterday, Matt Rule named uh, Jermaine Carter Jr., the starting middle linebacker for the Carolina Panthers week one versus the Jets. Uh, he's definitely – he's played in every single game that he's uh, been on the team. The three years that he's been on the Panthers squad, he's played in every single game. He's had several starts. And really last year, the, the last seven games that he started uh, really came on strong. Yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely. I, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. I was going to say, uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's been playing very, very strong. But go ahead, Aaron. Yeah, uh, and Jermaine, you know, I've got 
Uh, a lot of people have been saying that Jermaine, Jermaine looks like he could be our next starting middle linebacker, like from from now on, going on for, you know, really next couple seasons, which is good. But I don't know if it's his um, contract year or not. I can't remember. Um, but if it is, my thing is I don't want him to try to try to pull a, a Josh Norman on us. You know, like Norman was on our team for four years. He broke out in 2015, wanted to be the highest paid cornerback in the league, and we let him walk. But, I mean, you know, he went off and did nothing, which could that could Jermaine do the same thing? I hope not. But because I don't I don't like players that which I understand that at the same time when you can get paid, get paid. But, you know, I don't know. I'm, I got, I'm looking at it as a different perspective, I guess. I really I really believe that um, Jermaine Carter Jr. should be somebody that the uh, Panthers look to sign soon. Uh, try to get him on a cheaper deal and extend him for a couple of years just in case he goes out and does play very well this this season, given the opportunity. Uh, Denzel Perriman, obviously, you people thought that he was brought in to be the starting middle linebacker because uh, we've been looking for somebody to replace Luke Keekley. Obviously, nobody will replace Luke Keekley, but take that starting job at middle linebacker is a better term for that. Uh, injuries have done nothing but gave Jermaine Carter Jr. the opportunity to – grow and perform and he really has I've, th- I've I've been a fan of Jermaine Carter Jr. since the Panthers drafted him I think he has the ability to uh, start in this league consistently and I would look for the Panthers to try to sign him in his last year under contract yeah I think that that's what exactly what they should do they need to get in now and lock him in at a cheaper rate that way if he does overperform his contract. Um, I mean, I'm all for guys getting paid, but $4 million, $5 million, $6 million a season annually is nothing to sneeze at. So if they can go ahead and lock him in maybe somewhere about $4 million a season, and he's performing even better than Shaq Thompson, hopefully. Um, big steal right there. You got, you got to learn from the Taylor Moten experience. Yeah. All right, and – to kind of end the show today, we'll uh, do our weekly segment of prowling Twitter. This is where we go uh, go go to Twitter and look what all we get on there and prowl and see what all Panthers Nation is trending. So it looks like Greg Olson and Luke Keekley were at practice. Uh, I was on the show last week talking about Luke Keekley being at the the Bills practice in Bills gear and how they kind of upset me, obviously, being uh, a Luke Keekley guy and seeing him in anything but Panther Blue really upset me. But uh, I guess you could just chalk that up to Sean, Sean McDermott and how, how much, you know, he's meant to Luke Keekley's career because he was – a position coach for the defense before he was defensive coordinator at Carolina. So there's a long history there. But uh, it's definitely good to see Greg Olson and Luke Keekley back, even though there is a new head coach, new new coaching staff, and things of that nature. Yeah. Um, and, like, with the, with the Luke Keekley situation in Buffalo last week, 
when I first, when the news first broke and then the pictures, you know, surfaced and all that, it's not that it didn't bother me, but I think I just didn't look into it as much as what people thought because of your reason, you know, Sean, Sean had such a huge, you know, uh, had such a huge impact with with Luke that I don't blame Luke for wanting to be around his buddy. I mean, that's the guy that not that not to say that made Luke Keekley, but you know what I'm saying? Like, but made Luke Keekley. I mean, that's who helped him out. I mean, don't like you said, there'll never be another Luke Keekley. But, you know, it is good to see him. I think his heart is just like with Greg Olson, just like with Thomas Davis, his heart will always be in Carolina. So I think the only thing that bothered me the most was just seeing him in a in I don't really know why he went and was decked out in Bill's gear. I mean, I don't really understand that. You know, but him going to Washington and talking to him, him going to Buffalo, that's just a lot of players do that. So I didn't look much into it. I just didn't really understand the part of him dressing like he was a, a coach or something down there. Absolutely. Um definitely good to have Panthers legends in the buildings like uh, Luke Keekley and um, Greg Olson. Hopefully Greg Olson and Luke Keekley both rub off on those two position groups. Um, just imparting their knowledge to those guys, and it's great to have them at practice. And hopefully it helped Sam Darnold out um, to even interact with a guy like Luke Keekley, who's the brains um, on defense and can help him probably uh, avoid some mistakes Yeah, for sure. Uh, so Albert Breer was actually at Carolina's practice today, and he had some he had some interesting takeaways. Number one was that Christian McCaffrey looked to be one hundred percent back, so that's good news. Even though we we kind of we kind of already knew that already, but just to hear another source is kind of comforting. Uh, obviously. Rookie, rookie wide receiver Terrence Marshall, he was talking about how big his ceiling is and he how he's, he's excelled with contested catches, and that's that's huge in the NFL. And then a couple other ones, J.C. Horn looks as advertised. There's no, he's on record saying nothing's too big for him, so it sounds like the Carolina Panthers potentially have knocked it out of the park with their first-round draft pick. Uh and he also said that Davion Nixon uh, is somebody to keep your eye on, a rookie defensive tackle, uh, late-round draft pick. And then Yeter Gross-Matos, uh, a lot of people thought that he would lose a starting position or starting job to uh, Hassan Reddick, but looks like Morgan Fox, as of now, is uh, on the depth chart ahead of him. But it's, he says uh, that Yeter Gross-Matos looks like he's grown up and should take the pressure off Burns and Reddick. That's that's awesome to hear. Uh, Utah Gross Montos is continuing to excel, and he was a second-round draft pick last year, so big, big expectations for Utah Gross Montos. And then Mr. Guru's favorite uh, player from camp so far, Frankie Lulu, uh, is a camp dark, dark horse, and he should definitely, definitely – help out the Panthers in the linebacking core. No, absolutely. Uh, I think that, you know, that's – we had a little bit of concern 
But I think that, you know, Panther fans are kind of breathing a sigh of relief. And the cupboard is full when it comes to the cornerback position as well. So I want to actually keep an eye on J.C. Horn now that you mentioned it. I feel like I haven't watched enough of him during this preseason. So I'll be keeping an eye on him specifically in the Pittsburgh game. Yeah, um, I'll tell you who I want to talk about with everything you've said. Um, you know, like they're saying Frankie's a dark horse and and JC's looking good and McCaffrey's back and all that, which I, you know, um, which I'm excited to hear. But, and I was, I'm excited about Davion Nixon. I really think that if not this year, next year, I really do think that he takes a, a number one role in this defense. Uh, he was good at Iowa. You know, he was a dog at Iowa with his – he had a 71-yard pick six to beat Penn State last season. And he had two interceptions against Baltimore last week in the in the scrimmages and the practices they had. So, Davion Nixon is my uh, – other than J.C. Horn, he's actually my dark horse for – Defensive rookie of the year, Panther wise, not in the league, but of the Panthers, I think that's one that we need to watch. And if all else fails for Davion Nixon, if he doesn't work out a defensive tackle, it looks like he could play cornerback. <laughs> as many, as many uh, interceptions and tip balls as he's been getting, but yes, that would be huge if Davion Nixon could be paired with uh, Derek Brown. Um, Obviously, Bravion Roy is a is a guy that could come off the bench, but they have definitely added some depth at that defensive tackle uh, position and some young depth. So that's yeah. always great. That that is always something to to be uh, proud of. As long as they continue to grow, Bravion Roy played great last year. He got to the to the role role very very young, and he responded well. So. It looks like these two draft classes that the Panthers have put together as of right now, I know it's way too early to tell, but at, at the same time, at least they're producing somewhat. When the, the jury is still out, but uh, the first impressions are great for the, the two draft class as, as a whole. And that'll really do it for this uh, episode. Um, Let's just take uh, on closing it out. Let's try to take some storylines and maybe even some players to watch uh, against the Steelers Friday night. We'll start with you, Aaron. Um, storylines that my my two biggest storylines is going to be watching Davion Nixon and watching Frankie Louvu again. Um, you know, it's, I just like I said, I got. Davion is my uh, my dark horse for defensive rookie of the year for us, Panther wise. And if Frankie Luvu is just, you know, I think not that he's secured a fifty three man spot, but if he has another big game and he's disruptive and stuff like that, like he was against Baltimore, I think he's pretty, he's pretty much wrapped up that that kind of like locked that spot up for him. Um, and I do think that he will get some playing time this season in the games. Um, but then my, my players to watch is them two. And then, uh, also, uh, shy Smith. Um, I'm liking what shy is doing. 
I'm a big fan of Shai Smith. I liked him over in South Carolina. I was glad that we got him and picked him up. So them are my three guys to watch this season or this this Friday. Um, so yeah, real real quick to add to that, I I would I like to see um, Shai Smith, but I I want to see him in the return game. I definitely think there's room uh, a role for him there. Uh, mm-hmm. but- whether it be punt, punt return or kick return, hopefully both. Uh, it's Terrence Marshall, Robbie Anderson, and DJ Moore. It's going to be hard to see the field much with those guys. Uh, I think he can carve out a, a, a niche on special teams. And I think along the lines of what you're saying with Frankie Luvu, if he goes out there and plays as well as he has been the first two games, not only will he make the 53-man roster – He'll be dressing every Sunday, and he'll be taking snaps every game. Mm-hmm. Mr. Guru, what you got? Honestly, I think I'm going to go for the, the biggest uh, headline, of course. What the heck do we have in Sam Darnold? We all want to know. We all want to see him play. Um, everybody even wants to skip straightly uh, to the, the Jets game. Um, honestly, I don't think I've ever been so more uh, excited for – seeing a player's debut than I have been with Sam Darnold. Um, I I play fantasy football. I'm happy to have it back this year. I didn't play last year because COVID was just wrecking everything, and I didn't feel like I could even have fun playing fantasy football when you didn't know who was going to be put into the COVID protocol. Um, I'm back playing fantasy football this year. I'm picking up – well, I'm not going to say who I'm picking up. I'm picking up a couple Panthers players. I'm not going to say who specifically, but Sam Darnold – is who we're all watching, um, and he's got too many weapons around him. This really has to be the biggest, biggest chance that Sam Darnold's ever going to get of his career. He's got every last weapon in the world um, with all those stud wide receivers that you've already mentioned, not to mention uh, also a big body in Dan Arnold. Um, and Christian McCaffrey is your running back, the best running back in the entire NFL. Um Maybe they could try and blame the offensive line, but yeah, it's pretty much over for Sam Darnold's career. Um, he'll he'll be forever a backup, or maybe a guy that people take flyers flyers on here and there if he doesn't succeed in Carolina. But it's it's everything is riding on this. And then I'll take it to the flip side of the ball too, and say this is also big pressure um, for J.C. Horn. Um, he's got that done well in practice, but like I said, I haven't seen any big big plays enough from J.C. Horn for me to say, wow, yeah, this guy's a shutdown Darrell Revis type. I think that everybody's going to be wanting to kind of burst his bubble um, just because he has that mama mentality, and that's how they kind of treated Kobe. Everybody wanted to see uh, Kobe get taken down, and of course, Kobe was resilient and um, had an illustrious career, and I'm hoping that the same can go for J.C. Horn, where he kind of shows up all the haters and really becomes a number one corner. Definitely some interesting uh, storylines there. Yeah, I'll piggyback off of that for sure. Obviously, Sam Darnold, you, you want to see how it responds. The one pass, and I uh, you know, I broke this film down because it's easy film to watch. It's only one pass uh, that he threw to Robbie Anderson. Number one, Robbie Anderson was wide open. But also, num- number two, he kept his, he, he kept his head on Robbie Anderson. He had two options, throw it out to the flat and throw it to Robbie Anderson. 
he didn't look off any defenders, maybe because Robbie Anderson was so wide open, he didn't obviously have to change, you know, change the position of the pass. Uh, I just want to see uh, Sam Darnold go through his progressions in live action to see what he can do. Does he stare down his targets? Can he can he look off defenders? Um, we'll we'll see how that goes. One of one of my guys that I want to see on defense continue to do well and earn a roster spot that I'll be watching closely this game is uh, Kenny Robinson. Uh, he's played he's played well. Can he be a depth guy with A.J. Boulier um, and Dante Jackson both having some injury issues? Uh, hopefully he doesn't get to the point where he needs to play, but can he progress to maybe even be a be a big-time player years down the line? We'll, we'll see. And that's really uh, – I mean, I'll go – I'll even see if uh, – how Jermaine Carter Jr. kind of see if he's the guy that you know controls the controls the defense. That'll be that'll be something to to watch as well. How does the defense respond with a new middle linebacker uh, call on the shots? Definitely think our defense is going to be our strong point this season because of our offensive line. But uh, I just want to see the the whole the whole group just get out there and take some snaps together for sure. Most definitely. Yeah, I can agree with you on that one. And first off, as we end this episode, we'd like to thank Aaron for coming on. Uh, Aaron, go ahead and throw out your social media for everybody to kind of go online and find you. Uh, yeah, uh, just my, my Instagram right now. Um, it's uh, at the Panthers Den. Um we're just slowly growing, so you know, send me a follow. Normally, I follow people back, so you know, yeah, just send me a follow, man. It's definitely a, a good follow. He's a, a a friend of the Powerport. We're both we both work together on Instagram, providing great Panthers content. So definitely, let us know if you want Aaron back. We'll definitely, uh, if he's willing, we'll have him back. But you can find the Powerport on Instagram and Twitter at the Prow Report, Mr. Guru. Definitely follow me on um, Twitter at PantherGuru1 and definitely make sure to stay tuned and locked and loaded. Yes, and you can find me at Carolina Dave NC. Also, it's almost time to start back the Oh Hill Yeah podcast. People are pounding the pavement asking where's it at. All you Carolina uh, Carolina Tar Heel fans, it's coming, it's coming. Trust us. They are start. They actually started off season conditioning right now under a new head coach Hubert Davis. So many storylines will be coming out and new episodes of the Ohelia podcast. But that is going to be all for this episode. Uh, Panthers fans, make sure you you get at us, tweet us, find us on Instagram, interact with us Friday night during the the game and as always stay tuned and keep pounding